Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Oh, I like that intro music, the Hang Time Podcast. Seku Smith. From NBA.com, my main man, Lang Whitaker, Yo. in the building, in the studio with me this week. I'm here. Um, how you like what we've done with the place? I mean. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. Somebody, <laughs> <laughs> somebody got rid of that calcified Diet Coke can <laughs> that had been in here for four years, but otherwise it looks about the same. Here's the uh, American League wildcard game terminology taped to the window. Yeah, they do, so. uh, they do MLB stuff in here when uh, when we are not in here. And uh, This is the SAP button. Booth. Yeah, yeah. Careful. Um, we are normally here to chop it up about the league and talk about the latest headlines, news notes, and observations from around the league. But this is a different hang time podcast. We are here today to uh, chat it up about fantasy basketball. Who better than to bring this to the fore here on the hang time podcast than our main man, Matt D'Agostino. Dags, First, I'm a little disappointed. Normally, when I see you, you've got on a smooth cardigan or some kind of sweater. <laughs> it's a little warm still. You come in the studio yeah, here, here with your golf outfit on. What's I up know. With that? It's uh, semi-retirement during the summertime. <laughs> we kind of lay low. We play a little golf. You're hanging out with Bo Estes or something. Uh, Bo, Bo spend uh, a couple of, uh, late highlights on Monday night with Bo Estes. Yeah. Nice. Talk with him. Yeah, he's always uh, an interesting character. I always sit with Bo. You, you know you're in trouble at the golf course when a dude shows up in a convertible. <laughs> he's still rocking the sob. I don't know. I don't know. He said it got broken into this summer, but like nothing was taken. What are you like, gonna the door steal? was open. Yeah. He's like, they realized there was nothing valuable <laughs> in here. They probably so they just kind of walked they out. They left an left. apology note yeah. for him. <laughs> Sorry about Here's this. $5. Get something Sorry for the How about you get a Hugo? <laughs> um, Dags, we, we haven't come up with a name yet for our official fantasy team for the Hangtown okay. Podcast, but we're working on it. All um, right. Are there any rules? Of what you can or cannot have in a team name in fantasy. You, you stay away from moms. I think that's probably one rule. you gotta, you got to stay away. That's a good rule limits. just in general. Yeah. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Um, that's, I think the Anchorman references would be great. That, right? That's yeah. a whole entire league worth of fantasy teams <laughs> at um, that point. But. I had a, I have three fantasy football teams. Um, I'm trying to think of it. One of my teams, I live in New York, the New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. That's creative. Very, very good. Way so to go far. out on a limb there. I have, a, uh, I have another team named after former University of Georgia coach Jim Donnan, uh-huh. the Donnan Investing Incorporated, because <laughs> he had some issues with that. Um, but I, I think it's like you try to make it a little personal, right? So You do. Uh, mine in past years is uh, my stellar high school basketball career, like three points a game. Right. Um, <laughs> Pass first point guards. That was always mine. You know, we were, we were setting other guys up. We weren't doing much at five foot eight. So I got uh, a good idea for us. What is it? We could be the DNP old. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, all of our millennial listeners will be very upset that, uh, we don't have any millennial listeners. <laughs> that we're identifying and skewing old. They're all playing um, video games. Yeah, you're right. They, they acting don't, entitled. Exactly. Eating Cheetos. <laughs> the sriracha-flavored ones. Um, I, I'm serious. We got to 
I'm not in any fantasy leagues right now uh, by virtue of I don't like to lose, and I have yet to win any league I was in. So I was like, you know what, I'm retiring and giving it a breathe. I don't do fantasy football right now, nothing. Wow. Um, Can't win if you never play. True. <laughs> but I'm trying to find something that I know I can win at. You know, like that's my thing is I'm trying to find a league with people who are so bad at <laughs> fantasy that I that I'd guarantee myself a trip to the championship. Go find like the eight year olds who have never played yeah. fantasy basketball before. You're the guy in the league, and then you got a bunch of kids. I'll be the Morpheus of that league and do what I want. <laughs> um, well, so what's the strategy? I mean, so many people are involved in fantasy right. sports yeah. and, and fantasy ball dags. What what's your when you're talking about all right ground floor? We're building this team. You know, and, and we're starting whatever the parameters are in the draft, whatever the rules might right, be. Right. What What do you do when you're talking about constructing your team from the ground up? What's your first order of business? Uh, I mean, it, no matter what the rules are, no matter whether it's a just a, a one year league, a, a keeper league, a dynasty league, where you're playing year after year after year in the same the same group of guys, uh, it all comes down to get guys that are more undervalued than than you're getting guys that are overvalued. Right. So find. Uh, a value there's a uh, there's a, a threshold where every guy is valuable yeah. at some point. Right. Um, there's certainly you don't want to go get the uh, you know the the six man guys in round one overvalued. But at some point you're working round six, seven, eight. Sure, we you're going to find a guy. We should also value. we should also delineate. I mean, I, I actually I haven't played NBA fantasy in a while. Is it auction leagues or or? Well, I mean, most of them are. Most of them are just most straight of them are the standard snake, snake draft, draft where you're going one yeah. through ten, one through twelve, and then you're working your way back around. Right, right. Um, auction drafts are a whole different yeah. beast, which are which can be fun. Uh, they're exciting. My friends, uh, we've done fantasy football league for years. This is the first year we did an auction draft. Yeah. I've done them in other leagues. This is the first year and the first half hour where you're going after the big yeah. guns and you're throwing dollar amounts out there and. Everybody's just kind of wide-eyed looking at each other saying, what is going on? And then by the end, it's, I'll bid a dollar on him. That's all you got left. So yeah. you're just trying to find. You can get Matt Ryan for a dollar. Exactly. Then, yeah. Exactly yeah. at that point. And then undervalued. You know, yeah. he comes out and, uh, and gets you with him. But that's that's the basis of it. How many guys can I get um, undervalued right. and, and that are going to exceed expectations or exceed where they've been drafted? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the main key. I mean, if you're looking specifically, so many good point guards out there. Uh, you, you want to nail that pick. Uh, you usually have to go and get those early. If you look at the the fantasy rankings, the top twenty five, half of them are point guards at right, this right, point. Those right. are those are guys that get it. But you you have expectations. Point guards, you you want them to be able to score. You want them to be able to hit threes. You want them to get steals. You're looking for the guy uh, in the post who's going to give you elite blocking, elite rebounding. Um, so I, you look at it, and uh, you know the league leader in blocks last year, Hassan Whiteside. 3.68 or something like that. DeAndre Jordan was second. Right. He was 2.3 or something. So so the difference between one and two, Hassan right. Whiteside and DeAndre Jordan, is is the same as second through 20th, the, right. the difference there. Same thing with Steph. Uh, you know, you get a guy who hits 400 threes in a season. Um, you know, Clay Thompson didn't have a pretty bad year. Nobody's hit more threes <laughs> in a season right. than Clay Thompson other, other than, than Steph. Steph. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're looking at somebody who either has a great all-around game or as you get lower, you're looking for those specialists, the guy who's going to knock down 50% of his threes, right. the guy who's going to give you two blocks a game in 20 minutes, uh, something like that where as it goes, you're, you're going to kind of reassess where you are, but you want to try to find as many guys. Can I get the guy who scores maybe 10 points but gives me two and a half blocks, right. uh, you know, a, a Miles Turner kind of guy mm-hmm. who may not give you elite uh, and may not really drop any jaws overall, 
But, man, he does that really well, and he's going to win me a, a week or two just based on that alone. The thing I love about fantasy sports is the context of whether or not you're piling up good numbers on a mediocre or bad team is out the window. Yeah. So I would imagine Kevin Love, when he was in Minnesota, must have been yeah. top five. fantasy gold. Top five. You know, just in terms of filling up a stat sheet. Mm-hmm. A guy who comes to mind now in that regard. It's got Russell Westbrook. Antonio yeah, Davis. Too. Um, it seems like that would be a... Um, Draymond Green. Yeah. I mean, any guy who can well, that's not chase it. numbers in every you know in, <laughs> right. in multiple categories well, and, and, has to be a pretty good. Go, pick. go back to Kevin Love. Not only is he putting up those kinds of numbers, but he's gives you a couple threes a game at a power forward spot. Right. How many guys who will do that? So a guy, uh, you know, we can talk about sleepers or any of that sort of stuff later. But Ryan Anderson, yeah. uh, averages five three attempts a game, and now he's going to Houston to play for Mike D'Antoni. Oh, they were chucking. Uh, yeah, they were I mean, chucking in that preseason just, game. Yeah. Just let him rip. And you who's know, going to pass him the ball, though? That's true. There may be uh, still only one ball in play at a time. Is that is that still the rule? Yes, okay. I believe that is what, how it works. So let's say, like, just in general, big picture, what's what's usually like the hardest stat to to find? Um, you're, you're looking. I guess at, it depends on your league a little bit, right? Uh, yeah. And it, and it depends on uh, first of all. Eight category versus nine category leagues, right. very different animal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you include turnovers, some guys who you normally don't care. So what if James Harden has six turnovers, eight turnovers right. in a game? It doesn't matter if you're playing in a league that doesn't count turnovers. He still gets a triple-double. Uh, or Russell Westbrook, he's going to turn the ball over left and right, just his manic pace. If you're not playing a league with turnovers, you don't care about that. Right. But if you're playing in, in a league with turnovers matter, those guys fall a little bit in the rankings. Mm-hmm. But, right. um, I mean... It, it, it depends. Uh, you can you can find guys scoring. You can find a lot of guys who can score. You can find a lot of guys who can rebound. The defensive stuff, uh, you know, you got to find a guy Hard who wants to play, to play yeah. some defense. Yeah. Well, who was the? Let me backtrack. Who was the number one fantasy player from last season? This past season, last year was Steph. Was it, okay? So uh, Steph just and, and again, we're talking about. Not only was he good. I mean, he was so far above the, charts, the yeah. next guy on the list in so many categories. Um, and, and he's a guy you may look at and you'd be like. Steph may be underrated this year because you've got Westbrook vaulting to the, the top of my list with no KD there. Right. He's a walking triple-double right. without KD around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harden's now got Dan Tony and he uh, interesting thing, now they want him to play point guard. Yeah. He's going to have point guard eligibility, which is a big deal mm. in, in, in fantasy sports too, being able to find guys who are eligible at multiple positions. You can kind of fit a square peg right. in a round hole. Um, but you look at Steph and they're like, oh, they've got Durant now. So, you know, his numbers are going to go down. Right. So if his number, if he scores four less points a game, he's still twenty six a game. Like, <laughs> right. oh, if he has a down year in threes, maybe he only makes three hundred and twenty five, three hundred and fifty three. So he's still, uh, and that's when you talk about overvalued or uh, undervalued. You may look and be like, oh, you know, maybe we forgot about Steph, LeBron, uh, kind of like an old man in terms of fantasy now. Now doesn't have the appeal that right. some of these other guys do. Yeah, you could find twenty five points, seven rebounds, and eight assists somewhere right. in your lineup. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, LeBron. I is. wonder which player on the Warriors, just statistically, takes the biggest hit this year from last year. That's it's a good question. Uh, I've thought about. Just I take a guess. I don't know. What do you think? I, we, I was saying that, and he even though his numbers scoring wise weren't off the charts, I'm thinking Draymond takes two or three fewer of those shots he was taking last year because KD's run. And that doesn't sound like a lot. But when you add it up over the course of a season, yeah. he's the guy to me that I would think has to take that step back. But but then you think about I'm watching Clay last night, and every you know 
Steph's getting what he wants. Durant's going berserk. And then Clay is lights out. I mean, there's right. going to be three of those guys every night. Clay's a little bit more it. dependent on somebody else to get him the ball in his spot. Right. Whereas Steph's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Right. Durant will have the ball in his hands a lot. Draymond Steph's a little bit more. Pushes it, yeah. Right, exactly. So I think Clay may be a little bit more dependent on the other guys. And in fantasy, while he's an awesome player in real life, He's mostly a points and Specialist. threes guy. You know, yeah. he's he does a couple of things well, but he's so dependent on his scoring and his shooting to be a relevant and good fantasy player. Right. What? Where does a guy, a young guy like, and 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 for young players, it's always going to be dependent on how often they play extended minutes. So these rookies that come in, where does their value rank? When you don't know exactly what their role is going to right, be at sure. the start of the season. I, one strategy, you talk about what you want to do. One strategy I will always do personally, I try to pick out one rookie that I think will be the most relevant on his team. Maybe not win rookie of the year, but it's going to give me the most stats. Right. And find out, kind of get a feel as you're going through your draft of where I can take him. And, and I want that best rookie, especially if you're playing in a league that has keepers. That's generally the guy you're going to be able to keep next year. And, you know, you go from uh, rookie year to sophomore year. Right. And those guys, you, you see them all the time. Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins doing it last year. You take that leap from year one to year two once you kind of get acclimated to the league. And now you've got a guy who's really undervalued yeah. and you can keep him along the way. Oh. But. Seems like a lot of the rookies also aren't aren't like stat stuffers. Like they might give you one thing and right. do that well, and but it's hard to find guys who can do a lot of things. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and as they come into the league. Simmons, Ben Simmons would have been a guy who you yep. look at. Um, you know, going to do a lot of things pretty well and, and right. kind of get you across the board stats. Obviously, the foot injury um, hurts his draft stock, but again, maybe it's something where. Okay, I can live without him for the first three months of the season, wherever right. however, however long he'll be out, and then. Come January, February, oh, all right, I can put the number one overall pick in my lineup and now look at him go. Um, But, yeah, you kind of want to figure out, whatever your assessments may be, give me that one guy who you think will be the best in the crop and and figure out where you can get him. Can I throw out two rookies who who I've seen that I think might be good fantasy pickups for somebody? Mm -hmm. In terms of value, obviously, but uh, Jamal Murray. Yep. Denver Nuggets probably going to play a lot. Um, he looked great in summer league to me. Um, then Buddy healed. Did you see him last night where he had 18 points oh, off the bench? Yeah. I mean, he can fill it up. And he, I think he's, he's going to do that. Who, yeah. He's going to be able to do that. With Alvin Gentry and that system. Like, exactly. I think he's a guy who might give you a lot of points. Yep. After I, I love Murray. Um, I think he, again, he's a, a, a bigger guard. Yeah. He can certainly score. Uh, can shoot a little bit. He has such a good feel for the game. Like when you watch him play, he, he, he does. plays like a veteran. They've, they've got a lot of guards though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. between Moody, Barton, uh, yeah. they like Gary Harris, Gary Harris a lot out there yeah. too. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that rotation kind of shakes out. Uh, what do you think about Buddy Heald's size? You, you think that'll affect him? I mean, he's he's basically a point guard size now in a, in a shooting guard. But the good body. thing for him is if he's playing second unit minutes, yeah, he's going to be in there with he varied be, lineups where he'll be able to take he'll advantage be the score. of somebody. They'll, yeah, they'll he'll, give him he'll be the guy that they find. Um, I I'm curious, Dags, about we always talk about the value of certain players and underrated guys. Who are the guys that are you don't want to touch in fantasy? Because it might be it might be a player who's really good. Or has a very specific skill in reality, but in fantasy, he just doesn't do you any good. It's always been, with the exception of Kawhi the last couple of years, the Spurs. Like, yeah, I don't want to touch <laughs> Tim Duncan, because you never know what Pop's going to do. He may right. just sit a guy on a random Tuesday because he wants to. Right. And then you're stuck with him in your lineup, and he's getting zeros for you. So the Spurs mm-hmm. are always tricky. Pau Gasol comes to mind. 
He's been great with Chicago the last couple of years. The numbers are, are certainly there. He doesn't see any, doesn't show any signs of slowing down really. But again, Pop's going to manage those minutes somehow. He's, he's going to do those kinds of things. Um, so the Spurs are always kind of tricky. And, and you're looking in general, I would say, at the the veteran guys who are kind of on those maintenance programs. So uh, Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Paul, um, those kinds of guys who may get a day here and there to kind of rest. And even when they do play. Uh, their minutes are going to be monitored. A blowout game, they're not playing the fourth quarter. So, again, if you can get them at the right time in your draft, don't expect the 2012 Dwayne Wade (laughs) in 2016. Um, That's why he's in Chicago now. Correct. (laughs) But if if your expectations are kind of in sync, then your value for him will will go accordingly. Lang, I don't know about you, but we, we always pick players out throughout the course of their careers or season, whatever that. You like to watch him, or you like you follow him for whatever reason. He's, you know, he's, you know, right. she Wallace. I, he was always my favorite player for reasons that had nothing to do with his production or anything, just for the fact that he was crazy and would might, you know, might do something nutty, but would still come up at big moments in a in a game for whatever team he was on. How do you quantify that in fantasy? A guy it's who's tough. maybe not a good stat stuffer, but no, is a clutch that's player. What, that's or, what you, you name your team after the guy and don't pick him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you're like, you're like the Rashid's, Rashid's team, and then you just don't pick him. Right. right. I mean, because yeah. I would, I would imagine tough. that's you, tough to – You really do have to take emotions out of it, especially, um, you know, whether it's uh, you're trying to make a fantasy trade with somebody. Hey, yeah. hey how, about, how about you give me this guy? He's like, no, he went to my college. Like, right, I, I, can't, right. I can't give up a guy who went to my college. I ran into that. Uh, literally yesterday with a fantasy football trade, a guy in my league, he goes to Georgia. I can't trade Todd Gurley. You know, we're we're Georgia. he played football at Georgia. You know, oh, really? you know, you know me and UGA guys. I was like, yeah, I, I, I get it. You guys are you guys are buddy buddy. Uh, what you, um, it's tough sometimes. You really have to take the emotions and the. Uh, you don't want to draft. You know, what do you do if you're a Sixers fan? You can't go in there and draft everybody on your favorite team. <laughs> you're not going to win a league. I, I can right. pretty much assure you of that. Um, right. So you really have to try to just. Again, look at numbers. Just yeah. just focus on the numbers and figure out where you're going from there. If you if you if you put the heart into it, yeah. it messes things up. Fantasy would seem like it was ahead of the curve for not just basketball, for all sports in terms of the analytics, yeah, in terms absolutely. of the pure numbers-driven focus that you have in fantasy. This is the way you would maybe argue that teams should have been crafted around the league if you're just looking at what numbers work together what combination of numbers make for a productive team but i disagree because because this is real in the league it's real basketball you right, have to right. have locker rooms and flights and guys have to get along and you can't just go by the numbers no, but I'm sa- no human element in no, 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 no. right but i'm saying yeah, i'm not saying that that's like, the like, only way you construct a team. i'm just saying to use this as some sort of a backdrop that, or factor yeah. yeah i mean theo epstein and billy bean should be right. the best fantasy players of all <laughs> right, time. absolutely but who knows you know if they are or not yeah um i, I also found like so in football a lot of times the way the playoffs work in your fantasy is like what is it week 13 14 of the nfl season it becomes an elimination mm-hmm. and and a lot of times by then, the best players aren't playing. So if you have a guys who are kind of in that middle range, they keep playing the whole season. Right. They'll play every game. I won, our, I won my fantasy football league last year because of that. I had a bunch of guys who weren't that great in the regular season. I was kind of a mid-range team. And then in the postseason, other guys, other people had Peyton Manning. He sits. He sits, you know, yeah. like, And my guys hung around. So I, I assume it works the same way. In it's, I, I think it's even more prevalent in yeah. basketball because, especially once you get down to the last couple of weeks, everybody seems to be resting. Yeah. Yeah, they're resting their starters. They're sprinkling in guys. They may sit 
wholesale changes. They may right. have one or two guys each game. Uh, so you, it's really important. Fantasy leagues don't end after the draft. You really, right. you really have to pay attention as the year goes on. Uh, monitor rotation situations. Right. Monitor rookies getting more minutes. Monitor injuries and who's really stepping up. Who's that? Who's that backup that uh, yeah. you know is getting an opportunity now? So that when you do get towards the playoffs. Yeah, you're you're mixing in those guys who maybe uh, were playing 20 minutes the first five months and now are playing 28 minutes in, in the last couple of weeks of the season. That's gotta, that's gotta make a break. I got a good strategy for a team now. If we, how about we go around the league and pick only guys who are in contract years that didn't get extensions? Think about the dudes who would play their guts out from start to finish. Here's here's a name for, and I'll, I'll throw them out. Tell me whether you think he has a a good year. Gordon Hayward, just from a fantasy, contract year. just fantasy. Standpoint. Just uh, well, I mean, it's for for fantasy purposes, is this a year where all right, I need to go out and try to get paid, whether it's with <laughs> right. Utah or somebody else? Uh, but he's a guy I was looking at and say, ooh, like to me, he's always really good, really solid. But you kind of want that extra that extra gear out of him at some yeah. point. Is this the year you kind of get it? Like you're saying in a contract, yeah. he's year. been on Muscle Watch the last few weeks. <laughs> it looks like he's in great shape. But I, w- um, I don't know. They have so many other weapons around him now that, you know, maybe with Joe Johnson there, he plays a few less minutes and he yeah. doesn't get quite as many. You know, maybe they, they reward him just for the team being good. On right. the flip side, though, I mean, uh, I mean, you see what Joe does going to Miami and kind of yeah. uh, refreshes that roster. Is it a, a thing where now teams may be more focused on Hayward in previous years? Now Joe's an extra yeah, option yeah, or, yeah. Or, or George Hill is an extra option right. where – take some of the attention away from Hayward, maybe get some extra shot or two here and there. The thing I would also think, too, is if it's about the usage of a player, like how much work do you get out of a guy? I'm going to the minutes played list, mm-hmm. and I'm starting there with, with like, core guys that I, I need one dude who's in the top five maybe in minutes played. Because by virtue of just how often he's going to be on the floor, he's going to produce more than a guy who maybe has – you know, numbers that go up and down, well, has a great night, and then has two or three nights where he doesn't so, produce Maybe so, but like level. guys like Curry, who don't play fourth quarters half the time, can give you a ton of points too, yeah. just because in those three quarters they're out there. There, so you you bring up usage usage rate, one of those yeah. analytics sure. stats that are, are great. Marcus Cousins, thirty five point two usage rate, led the league last year. Right, everything kind of goes through him. And now you get back to the human elephant, elephant element of things. <laughs> I'm, DeMarcus, that is not, is no not slip. That's yeah, not yeah. Freudian slip, Demarcus. We don't need Demarcus because he's looking for don't you. Don't come after me. Somebody call me <laughs> the human elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That's, that's what's going to get out on Twitter. That better not. That's, that's, that's the name of our team. Team. <laughs> There you go. See, you figure it out unintentionally. Yes. But Demarcus it all comes Cousins, out. the human elephant. Um, yes. But Dave Yeager now in Sacramento. Right. He chose to use. Marcus Saul as kind of the facilitator of his offense. Now right. I think he's a little more gifted in the passing game than maybe Demarcus is, but you could see Cousins being in that same kind of role uh, in, in Sacramento now with Jaeger there, and he's touching the ball every single possession. And whether he's shooting, he's passing, he's involved, and and you know everything's kind of going through him. Right. Right. I, I'm curious if if you're going to start. I mean, there's there's so many people who love fantasy sports, but I've always wondered. How much do they love the actual games that they're watching? Are mm-hmm. they watching it just for their numbers, or are they, like, passionate basketball fans in general? Over your years dealing with people who love the game and love fantasy sports, where where is that marriage, do you think, for the average guy doing fantasy in terms of how much he loves the game of basketball, or he just loves the numbers and the the competition of fantasy sports? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of situations. Um, I think 
the uh, adventation of the Red Zone channel has mm-hmm. completely changed how people watch football. It's so fantasy-driven now, right. and I'm guilty of it myself. I'm, I'm a Giants guy. Sorry. Something, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Didn't go very well Monday night, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but you're looking at it, and I may not even watch the Giants game. I may be on Red Zone channel just so I can see Keep what's going on yeah. with my fantasy team. Yeah, and right. I think that's good and bad. The other situation I was going to daily fantasy. Mm-hmm. You bring that up. I've never been more invested in a uh, Nuggets-Kings game at 1 o'clock in the morning (laughs) than I am just to see how the guys I have that night are are doing in a game out there. So I think it's good in terms of I'm watching games I never would have watched. So you get to see more guys around the league on a nightly, weekly basis, and and you get to be more educated on some of these guys. You wouldn't normally stay up to watch, but at the same time, your, your focus isn't necessarily the game itself. It's, oh, Grab me that rebound before it's a loose ball foul so I can get my stats, you know? We had an unprecedented flurry of activity in free agency this summer in terms of all these different guys changing, you know, teams. This guy going there, getting this because of How does that factor into the way you evaluate these players like a, a guy who maybe produced a certain way for X number of years in one place and now he goes somewhere totally different? I think of guys like Deion Waiters, you know. Mm-hmm in a different role in Miami. Is he still going to be the, statistically the same in that, you know, even if he's asked to play a similar role off the bench, whatever, but on a totally different franchise with a totally different bent? I think those shot attempts go up for that character. You think so, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you look at that, you lose Wade, uh, you lose Bosch, presumably, mm-hmm. um, you, you lose some of these guys off the roster, you got to figure out where are the shot's coming from now. Hassan Whiteside, Great in the paint, but he's not going to be a guy handling the ball, shooting jump shots left and right. Uh, you've got but no, Dragic. But no Luol Deng, no Joe Johnson, right. no Josh Richardson for the they've, time right. being. They've got yeah. to come so from somewhere, gotta, yeah. and uh, Dion's never been one to be shy about hoisting it up there. Yeah. So, you think? Um, During the playoffs last year, I, I did a thing with him for NBA.com, and I was talking to him, and he was talking about hockey assists and like making the extra pass and giving up a good shot for a great shot. And I was like, this is a new Dion Waiters. <laughs> what is that, AKA things he's never done? I, I was amazed. <laughs> Again, we want to go back to uh, putting your heart in. He's one of my Syracuse guys. Right, but it's right. like, I, uh, do I want a guy who shoots 37% from the floor? I mean, again, you can look at, okay, he may get me more points. If you're okay, maybe not having a great shooting percentage in fantasy sports, right. you can live with some of that stuff. So there's there's always a give and take. It's always DeAndre and Andre Drummond. I'll, I love the rebounds. I love the blocks. You're not winning much in free throw percentage <laughs> with those guys on your fantasy team. So it's, it's always give and take. Um, but, yeah, you want to find who's the best situation that a guy moved yeah. to. Durant's obviously in a great situation. Um, to me, I even have my wife tell me, like, I, I used to love Durant, and, and now he goes and, and goes after the championship, <laughs> goes after money. And I'm like, it's different. Right. It's different. Like, this one to me makes sense. It's, yeah. not, it's not forcing something. Right. The shots may not be there as much, although they want him to shoot more apparently, but there's going to be a give and take to fit into that role. Yeah. Um, but there are other guys who are in good situations. This isn't a free agency thing, but Victor Oladipo, I think, right. is, is a guy in terms of fantasy sports. He elevates himself into top 20, top 25 range because he's got everything you want. Right. And now he's playing clear second fiddle to Westbrook, who is probably the best guy to mentor him in terms of skill set <laughs> and skill set just off the charts. Right. Um, I think Oladipo is in a great situation in terms of fantasy numbers where – he doesn't have to compete. He doesn't have to worry about Scott Skiles' rotations anymore. Right. He just gets in there and he plays, and Westbrook is going to be like, yeah, go for it. Like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the last one to tell you to be reserved, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, we mentioned D'Antoni earlier. 
where does a coaching change like that affect players in terms of you go from maybe one style where you're feeding – not that this happens a whole lot these days, but you're feeding the ball inside and playing inside to a wide open, let's get up as many shots as we can. Like, sure. Does that take not just James Harden but maybe some of those other – and similar pieces in Houston and make them more attractive in fantasy? Absolutely. You look at what Mike D'Antoni's beliefs are, what his strengths are, shooting, getting up and down, high pace. So, obviously, Harden benefits from that. And the guys they brought in are clearly D'Antoni kind of guys. Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson are going to fit that mold. I think the guys that were there that maybe don't fit as well, Clint Capella, who finally gets a chance, Dwight's gone, Clint Capella's probably going to be starting at center but maybe he doesn't get the minutes because he's not going to be able to get up and down the court like some yeah. of these other guys might. Maybe it's a, a Donatus Motiunis who can right. maybe stretch out where where Tony may, may like that a little bit more. So, again, Gordon and Ryan Anderson, fantasy uh, upgrades. Right. Uh, maybe Clint Capella, who I actually think will, will do decent. If you look at his numbers, another stat per 36 minutes. Again, this mm-hmm. guy, he was like 13 and 12 per 36 minutes. So if he's going to get more of an opportunity, his numbers are going to more closely reflect that. Right. I, I have a hard time seeing as I have uh, old man's ADD. Like the other issue for me is just paying attention <laughs> to the minutia. Like I can flick and watch ten games a night. I got you know you get league pass. I bop from game to game to game just mm-hmm. to watch five ten minutes of a game just to see what a certain guy's doing without a statistical you know item that I'm looking for or trying to follow. How do you how do you keep up with all this stuff? In this day and age when you got Twitter and all the social media stuff and everything coming, how do you stay on top of your, your teams? I mean, it's really – it's it's you look at box scores. You look at your roster. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, every night uh, – <laughs> What's you know, a box score? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little thing you can punch on one of these apps every now and then. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's looking at stats every night. It's, mm-hmm. it's going back every morning and saying, okay, what do my guys do right. and what's going on? There's 97 million people out there who are willing to write stuff on fantasy. You just have to be willing to read it. Yeah. So it is a it is a time commitment, um, yeah. which uh, you know, depending on what else you got going on in your life, you either have time for it or you don't. Sometimes, and that determines whether you're going to play or you're not going to play. Sometimes, honey, but, take the kids away. Yeah. <laughs> My fantasy team's up. The problem with me playing NBA fantasy is just the time commitment involved. You know, because yeah. like, you have to every day you have to put in that sure. work and study if you want to win. But football is just like one day a week, and you're like, all right, I can wait and switch my line. It is true. Uh, again, you can do it. Um, NBA, it's a you can do a weekly league where you're right. only setting your lineup at the beginning of the week, and you're right. locked in. So yeah. I did one of those, hurt. and I hated it. I did yeah. a basketball <laughs> fantasy like that, and it was te- it was brutal. It's not my preference because if a guy gets hurt on Tuesday, yeah. he's not doing anything. And they the rest might play the three more games that week, or yeah, you know, whatever right. might you know. Yep. Even though uh, the re- they've reduced. Let's make sure we keep that clear. They've reduced the four and five nights and done a great job. On right, well, the league has done a fantastic I job. I played fantasy football with you one year, and I know that fantasy sports aren't your forte. But. No, <laughs> well, because and I'll be honest, I'm a college football fan. Like mm-hmm. literally, I'm a Michigan fan and nothing else. So the idea of keeping up with the NFL games when I don't watch a bunch yeah. of NFL games, the red zone was the only way I could even keep up with my team. Right, right. And I did a horrible job of that. And it's just really about the minutia, like. I've been helping my sister, who's older than me, and she's doing an office pool where they pick football games every week. And so she's thinking, oh, yeah, well, you know so much about sports. Of course you'll – she does ten times better when I don't help her. Like on the week that I missed, she killed it. But the friends. week I helped her, I'm giving her, like, this logic. And I realize yeah. watching the games, there is no logic. I you have know? friends who call me and they're like, hey, what do you think about <laughs> playing uh, 
Al Horford tonight. I'll be like, well, you know, historically he doesn't play that well against whoever. And then he'll put up 25 and 12, and I'm like, well, what do I know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like, just it's a, like meteorology. Yeah. You, you, you uh, you're an expert. You're you get paid close. to be wrong yeah. 60% of the time, right? You know, I mean, yeah. that's uh, that's the nature of the beast. Like, so, being know, being a fantasy expert, do you find that your friends? Loved ones expect you to be the like they expect you to be the man if you're in the league with them and like oh you know everybody's playing for second when Dags is in the league. Absolutely, uh, you're you're definitely the hunted in yeah. in the league you're in, which is fine. I I kind of you know uh, revel being in that right. uh, that position. Um, you'll get random texts from the guy you haven't talked to in six months. Hey man, I'm in the playoffs this week, and I I gotta know uh, you start this guy or this guy and. You can tell them. You can tell them whatever. I mean, again, it's it's a crapshoot out there. Right. Sometimes you never know um, how it's all going to shake out. You you get presented with the information. You try to interpret it the best way you can, and then real life happens, and and things sometimes don't go the way you thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. Do you when you when you're picking these teams, like you don't have an opportunity to watch all of the preseason and training camp, and then pick a team. A lot of times, I would assume you got. If you have a good commissioner, your well, commissioner waits for the draft to be as close to the regular well, season do as okay, possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you don't want to draft now and, have and then have guy some guy get hurt. Exactly. And then you're stuck with a guy who was your second-round pick, and he's out for four months. You don't want to like, hear, well, like, Reggie Jackson. Today right. Correct. Like, need ten and nine six my eight weeks. The Absolutely. only reason I bring that up is because we write previews. I had to rewrite one yesterday. And you end up rewriting them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia 76ers preview. <laughs> yeah, it kind of changed the outlook. I had but, to rewrite it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean – I, I would like if you know if in your perfect wor- fantasy world, I'd love something that was more fluid. Like you'd be able to change on a daily basis. That also means I get fired. That's too easy man. from my from my life. You, because you, I would, can, you can I play. would consume it. You know that would consume so much time. That's like daily fantasy. Basically. Yeah, we, correct. Yeah, yeah. But there are there are season long leagues where you get to change your lineup, swap guys out on a daily basis right. um, to either try and take advantage of getting whether it's you just want. The, the the highest volume. I want the most guys, the most games on any possible day that I can. Mm-hmm. Or it's, um, all right, this guy got injured. I want to swap him out. Or it's, hey, this guy's done pretty well the last week or so. Let me see if I can snag him off the waiver wire and, and right. play him a couple games. Right. See, that's the, my, my fear would be you pick a team at the start of a season. You get these guys who you think are going to have big years, and then some dude just stinks it up for whatever reason that year. Because you, you know, I'd want to break his knees when I see him. I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to feel there, bad about these guys. There when I are see definitely him. guys that, um, if they have done me wrong in the past, <laughs> I will never have them on my team. They could be the greatest fantasy player in the world. I'm not touching them. Right. Um, I, I just, um, I hold grudges. It's uh, nothing wrong with that, Dax. It's, it's, it's a little unhealthy we, at times. We do that around here on the Hangtime Podcast. We've been known <laughs> to hold a grudge. Absolutely. Um, Talking fantasy hoops here on the Hangtime Podcast, something we have not done, probably should have done a long time ago. Um, if if we're down to the you know nitty gritty, down to the wire here, and having to come up with a fantastic team name, you want to pick how many core players do you have that are guys like you need these certain four guys to do what? What are the what are those first four slots you if you're big, drafting? Big three. A big, big, yeah, a, big, a big four. A big four in terms of fantasy. Yes. I want an elite point guard, maybe even two Okay, um, out of there. I, I think that's probably the most important spot to nail. Um, then I kind of want – give me a, a, a wing player who does it all. Maybe it's not on LeBron's level or anything like that, but I want a, a stat stuffer across the board in there. And then, honestly, I want, I want a big rebounder, shot blocker. 
There's uh, so few of those out there. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. again, it's it's and that's the the wish list. Uh, very rarely do you get all of that in there. Right. Um, or, you know, we we talked about Kevin Love before. A, a guy at a position where he gets a stat, and he's really good at a stat that you wouldn't normally expect that position to do. Whether right. it's a big man who can shoot the three, whether it's a point guard who can rebound. Uh, whether it's a, a Marcus Hall type who can get you assists at the center position, those kinds of things that are outliers in terms of what would you not expect a guy like him to be able to do, mm-hmm. but he does at a pretty high level. Who do you, uh, who would you think? And and this is uh, one guy you mentioned a team, and a, and it brought to mind a guy that I think is going to have a monster year, and I wonder if it's going to turn into a monster year fantasy wise. Is Thaddeus Young in Indiana mm-hmm. because he's going to be playing? As an undersized power forward, basically, right. on a team that wants to get up and down the floor. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to be your your stretch four in some lineups and really your only real big man on the floor if you take Al Jefferson out and you go with a faster lineup. Right. Would he would he stand to gain some, you think, in terms of his numbers just by virtue of how they're going to play in Indiana this year? He could. Um I'll, I'll bring in a human element into that equation, too. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's been on a lot of losing teams. It's funny how sometimes you bring those skill guys, uh, those those pretty good players, into a winning situation and see how that kind of brings up his game. Right. Uh, I, I can't think of an example outside of him uh, from recent memory, but you see it a lot where guys like, oh, I'm around guys who have won things right. yeah. and, and have, like, uh, you know, the, the back of their cards – got pretty good stats on him and then all of a sudden you find a situation where it fits the system well and boom he takes off and then he has a really good year i just i just don't know like you mentioned he might have a chance to play some stretch for i just don't know if he can stretch it (laughs) you know like i don't know i mean i just like his over the years you watch guys and go man i wonder what he would do on a team where he's got some other Mm -hmm. star players at certain positions he's always been like the odd dude out right but they use him to guard small forwards when you know, when maybe that's not the most advantageous place you'd have him. He's going to be in, to me in Indiana. He's now going to be in a position to really take advantage of his size and skill set playing off of Paul George for starters, and then with a point guard and a shooting guard like Jeff Teague and Monte Ellis, where there's going to be so many rebounds, <laughs> the shots they take, so many, so many opportunities for him to pile up numbers that he might not have been able to pile up. I'll, t- I'll give you another good example of. When you're studying these numbers, we do, like I mentioned, we write these previews for NBA.com. And I'm always amazed when I look at a guy who I think in my head, I'm saying, I'm sure his number, like, you don't know a guy's specific numbers. And then you're doing the preview and you look at his career numbers and you go, this guy's never averaged more than this many rebounds. Like, and I'm, think of a guy like Serge Ibaka. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing Orlando's capsule for our team previews. And I don't know why I assumed Serge Ibaka averaged close to double digit rebounds just as a career. Not even close. Dude's never averaged more than eight rebounds a game seven in one eight, season. Probably, and yeah. it was like, to me, that was a much lower number than I would expect for a guy like him. But then I think about the way his game has drifted away from the basket year after year. And defensively, he's trying to get the block. Not exactly, get the not get the rebound. Yeah. Now he's going to be playing in Orlando with other bigs, Biombo, Nick Vucevic. I wonder if his numbers rise in some different categories right. or go down based on where he is And now. that's, the, you, you want to talk about expectation levels. I, I think... When OKC gets rid of Harden, they're like, all right, our big three is KD, Westbrook, and Ibaka. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. So we're like, all right, Serge Ibaka, young, yeah. up-and-coming. What does Sam Presti know that we don't know about how this guy is going to elevate? That they're going to choose him over, over James Harden, Harden yeah. basically. Um, and he 
comes out, the blocks are off the board. His blocks have gone from over four to around two the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah. The threes are way up. Um, never quite fulfilled his potential or met the expectations that maybe they uh, had people had for City, yeah. So now you're saying you, you go to Orlando. Frank Vogel, I think, will fit him into his system pretty well. And, again, I, I think the expectation is now a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. So you're saying uh, the numbers may be a little bit higher than the expectation. Right. And now he goes from overvalued in OKC to undervalued in Orlando. It becomes a better fantasy option. I'm figuring out this fantasy thing. See? Dags. Let's play it. I was gonna say, what, what league should we? Where do we? Where do we sign up, Dax? Where do where do where do two dope boys in well, a Cadillac sign up? No, the thing is, we, <laughs> we got to get Rick Fox in the league too, so we can have someone to beat up on every week. Well, he's getting beat up bad enough uh, Ely, in Ely. Ely. I, don't yeah. need, I don't know if he needs to take a fantasy whooping every week. Echo Fox. <laughs> um, where can where? I mean, if if you're telling somebody to, this is where you go if you want to start out doing fantasy without getting your face busted. Yeah, I mean, like, you, where you do you can, go? Do you, you can go all the, the, the major websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people just like the certain platforms. Yahoo's got a good one out right. there. Um, you can kind of keep things the way you need to go. That's that's where my league has been uh, the last uh, half dozen years at least probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one's pretty straightforward, easy to follow, easy to – some of these websites you go to and you – you don't know where to find this, that, or that. Where can I find this guy? Where do I go to right. uh, pick up a guy and drop a guy? How do I do that? Yahoo's got a pretty simple interface, mm-hmm. really easy to follow. Um, that seems to be uh, where almost all of my leagues have gone in the last okay. few years. Well, look, we, uh, Dags, I think it would only be right if you come back periodically on, on the Hangtime Podcast here and just give us some updates yeah. Um, do's and don'ts, fantasy tips. Who's hot? Who's not? We're we want to s- monitor your progress. Yes, too. and see how our uh, team's absolutely. doing. We're going to uh, <laughs> we're going to cut you a check for absolutely nothing, which is what we give our guests here on the Hangtime Podcast. That's what we get for doing <laughs> yeah, it. So, exactly. <laughs> so you'll feel it. right at home. We want to make sure you feel good about it and every all your contributions. But this, this is interesting because I'm I'm thinking about now really studying it, and we argue with John Schumann all the time you know, about analytics and how they fit. But I'm curious how much you can monitor a season based on those numbers and how they reflect what's really going on for You'd for be a guy surprised, in a especially um, whether it's head-to-head matchups, uh, historical matchups against this team or that team. Hey, this guy does great against so-and-so but is horrible mm-hmm. against these guys. Uh, you'd be surprised how many times those things hold up over the course of a season. Um familiarity with guys uh you know just not knowing it it it's shocking how much those numbers actually hold up and stay true right i, li- I like the sound of this we got to come up with a team name we'll have a team name by the next time uh, human elephant <laughs> yeah the human elephant. <laughs> and please nobody repeat that to demarcus <laughs> matt d'agostino joining us here on the hang time podcast very informative stuff fantasy breakdown baby all the information you need to get. And like I said, we're going to be here all the time. So you got to come back and, and, and drop some wisdom on the, on the crowd. Just appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Matt D'Agostino joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Lang Whitaker in studio. Make a habit out of this, dude. Don't count on it. <laughs> we'll see you right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Later.